Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. As we welcome in our 1320 Kings insider, James Ham, and creator Hammer. of the Kings Beat, uh, James Ham. Um, I think the Kings match up well against Denver. I think that's my other thing is mm-hmm. I'm looking at teams that match up well. I was thinking about this this morning and because I'm, I'm planning for the playoffs here, guys. That's what you got to do. I was thinking, like, who, who do I not want the Kings to play? I was like, man, I feel like the Kings match up well against Denver. I can't say that about Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and I cannot say that about Boston. Now, to mm-hmm. be fair, I don't think I could say that about Memphis either. But I, for some reason, I think they match up well against Denver. I don't know if you can say that about the Clippers either. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, I, I can't. James, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think of all of this? I like Denver. I think they got a lot of nice pieces. Um, Do you see them long. as a, like a legit, like this team can win the NBA championship? Um, Maybe not, but I don't think I, I believe that of any team in the Western Conference. Like yeah. that just, that's kind of how the season feels. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think Philadelphia, I think Boston, uh, Milwaukee, like there's a lot of tough teams in the East. And I think the balance of power has shifted pretty heavily. Um, but I still like Denver. I, I do. I, I mean, you got to worry that they're a team that really knows how to win in the regular season, but when you get to the playoffs, they don't. Um, especially, you know, with a, a player like Jokic, who's so good in the regular season, but, you know, teams are going to try to isolate him on, you know, a, like a, a possession by possession uh, situation. Uh, they've got good length, though. I, like, length, they're athletics, a good basketball team. Yeah, they're physical. Mm-hmm. They've got some shooters. Yeah. I mean, I think they can use a little bit more shooters, a little bit more scoring. But, yeah, overall, I like them. I'm trying to think. Did they – I think they did. They played the last two playoffs without Jamal Murray, right? Because the one against he Phoenix, hurt. Yeah. he got hurt that year. And yeah. I don't – he didn't play last year, did he? No. Yeah. No. So, he yeah, was, the last the two playoffs yeah. have been without Jamal Murray. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I think they're a good squad. What do you think about uh, – I'll give you two other teams, James, while we're here talking about the league. What do you think about Cleveland and the Clippers? I think the Clippers, I still say what I said at the beginning of the season. I think they're going to the NBA Finals. And they're starting to play really good basketball with the guys coming back and things of that nature. And then we were talking about teams – because the question was, are we kind of overrating Boston and Milwaukee thinking – Nobody can mess with those guys. And I, I named a, a number of different teams. And I think Cleveland is in that group that in a series, in a seven-game series, I think they – I could absolutely see them beating Boston or Milwaukee in a seven-game series. Wouldn't favor them, but I could see it happening. Yeah, I just don't think that they're, they are there yet with experience. Um, like maybe, maybe they could beat one of those teams, but you're not going to be both. 
So like, that's where I would put it. Like I, I have a tough time. I mean, who knows? Like, like stranger things have happened for sure. But when you look at the, the battle tested teams in the Eastern conference that, you know, have been basically taking turns going to the finals or, you know, playing each other in the Eastern conference finals, like there's a, those top three teams are just really, really good. And as far as the Clippers, like, look, they have to actually like do something before I will say that I fear them at all. Like, are, are they a good team? Do they have good players? Yes, but, you know, they haven't proven that they can win anything. And it doesn't matter how long. I mean, we're, what are we in year four of the Kawhi and Paul George, uh, like, situation? <clears throat> and they've dealt with injuries. They've dealt with all kinds of things. But, like, that doesn't mean we're not going to see more injuries from Kawhi Leonard in the second half of the season. You know, they're already... There's murmurs about them buying out John Wall after if he doesn't get moved at the deadline. Um, I, I like their team, but I don't love it. And you know, maybe maybe they do have better depth than a lot of teams in the West. But I'm just not super impressed with the West. I mean, I, I've said it a couple of times here. Like the Kings are pacing for like 46, 47 wins, and they're the third seed. That's just that shows you that the West is down. And uh, you know, and that's not to take anything away from what the Kings have done. But I don't think there's such parity where everyone is losing to everybody and it's just like, oh, this is such a strong conference. That's not what I'm looking at right now. I think it's a pretty big mess. Um, you kind of poo-pooed on the scoring record last <laughs> week. You didn't seem to be very excited for it. Did you watch it last night? Were you moved by it? Did you, were, you, were, you, were, you, were you caught up in the historic moment? Or did you maintain your uh, stance from last week where you just did not care? Yeah, I kind of maintained the stance. Um, did I watch some of the clips? Man. Did I watch oh, some of the man. clips? Sure. You didn't watch yeah. the game? No. I, oh, you know, hammer. I even saw it on replay this morning, and I was like, nah. do I want to watch that, or what, do I want to watch Man, man U and Leeds? And I ended up watching Man U and Leeds. Shame. And so, yeah, I, I just like, I, hey, I, get I, I get it. I get it. It, it was a great. Was it was alive. a. It was a great moment. I I, I get it, but uh, at the same time, I'm like, hey, you know, it was inevitable, and he's going to keep playing for another two or three years, mm-hmm. so like the scoring record is going to be so far out ahead of everybody. I mean, look, he's he's incredible. He's a, a basketball savant, and he's been amazing. He's one of the f- the few players who has ever ever lived up to the hype. Um, is he the greatest of and, all time? No, he's not the greatest of all time. Where like, I don't think so. Who is? Where is he? Oh, I've got Jordan at number one, and I've got Wilt at number two, and then LeBron is probably number three. Okay. Where's uh, but that Where's Kareem? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's in the top <laughs> ten. But, like, Mount Rush... But see, like, scoring is just one aspect of the game, and LeBron has stuff to stat sheet, and... And Kareem was great at, you know, he's a great rebounder and and a very, very good defensive player. Like, these are great players for sure. But, like, you know, I'd like to tell you, like, Tom Brady is, is like, the greatest quarterback in the NFL. I mean, we've we've got to that point now where in in NFL history, you have to give it to him. Like, he's the the best winner that we've ever seen. He's put up, like, tremendous stats, but beyond the stats go all the championships. Like Jordan won six in eight years, and the only reason he didn't win the other two is because he retired. 
Like he's the greatest winner. And uh, to me, like the greatest player I've ever seen. And I'll, I'll also say this, like we're in an era where I can honestly tell you that like the way that Jordan changed the game was immense, right? It, like they they rewrote the the record books because of him, uh, like the the rules to the game because of him, and we saw Kobe really take uh, like sort of take advantage of those rules. We saw T Mac take advantage of those rules. Um, but during this era right here that we're in, the most impactful player in the game who has changed the game the most during the last decade, it's not LeBron, it's it's Steph Curry. He's completely changed how the game is played. And so, like, is LeBron great? Yes. Is Steph better than LeBron? No. But, like, impact on the game and everything else, like, that's that's why I look at Wilt. That's why I look at Michael. That, like, I just think that they changed the game more. Uh, and, I'd argue and LeBron's Kareem, kind of a throwback. Kareem changed the game more than Wilt did. Uh, As maybe. Kenny pointed out earlier, they changed rules in basketball. You can't dunk at UCLA in college basketball because of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, as Kenny pointed out earlier, went like eight years without losing a basketball game. Nobody could beat yeah. him. And here's, here's the one thing I'll say about that, James. You're not you because you're not the only one that feels this way. I'm just saying, like, when you make the argument that he didn't change the game and everything, it's almost like you're penalizing LeBron James for being an alien. Like, he didn't change the game because nobody can be LeBron James. And that shouldn't be something that, and I'm not saying you're doing it, but takes away from who he is as, as, a, as a legendary figure. Like, well, I'll people repackage can be what Steph. you're saying. That's it. People you just can said be it right Steph. There. Yep. Like, you don't have to be tall or, you know, super quick or something like that. All you have to do is keep working on shooting the, game, shooting the, the ball, and that changes the game. The reason why LeBron didn't change the game is because you can't be him. As much as you work on your game, you can't be six eight two thirty, and that's not that's not that shouldn't be used as a negative against LeBron. I'm not using it as a negative against LeBron. Um, I just you know, and the other thing I'll tell you, like the only years that he really had a team put around him is his championship years in Miami. Like you go back to his Cavs days, and those teams were such trash. Uh, you know, like. He had Mo Williams as the second best player for a long time. He had Zadrunas Ilgoskis. So I don't want to take away from him as like a champion and things like that. But again, like his his champions, his championships, they come like with with two other like superstar level players, and then on top of that, all kinds of role players that just like, hey, I'm hey, in. Let's join in. Hey, hey, look up Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman for me, <laughs> Jesse. Pull up those stats. Why do we do this? Well, Why do we do this? Well, no, no, no. I, I can tell you that, that, you know, the big three that, that Jordan had was like in the first three championships, like who was it out? Was it Horace Grant? Was it like Scotty who Pippen, was it that, who was well, voted Pippen one of the and, 50 greatest players of all time? Well, yeah, but, but come on now, like Dwayne Wade is going to be right there as well. Like I, Pippen was great for sure. And Rodman, like for the two or three seasons that they were able to rein him in, was incredible as well. But we're not talking about you going out and getting one of the the top five players or eight players or ten players in the league. You are grossly misremembering Scottie Pippen. Oh no, no, with Pippen for sure, but Rodman, no. Like I, I, I love Rodman. Pippen. Rodman's one of my favorite players ever, but he still wasn't like a. 
a top 15 player in the league. He's a great rebounder and a great defender. Uh, but again, he, he's not like of the level of a Chris Bosh at that time. You know, if Chris Bosh wouldn't have had the, the blood clotting issues and stuff. Uh, so. I'll say I'll say it to, to both of you guys' point. Pippen was better than Wade and Bosh. So there's that. I think so. But mm-hmm. Pippen's so. better than Wade. He better than Wade. But um and he definitely better than Chris Bosch. That's just no question. But at the same time, look at the other components that Michael Jordan played with. I mean, he won championships with Luke Longley and Bill Winnington and and uh uh Ron Harper at the end of his career where he could barely move, John Paxson. You know, Ron Harper won five championships with him. Uh, I mean, with, uh, overall, I think he won two with the Lakers yeah. after the Bulls runs. Yeah. And Ron Harper was a 20-plus per game scorer all through his career until he went to the Bulls and was told, like, we need you to be a great defender. I mean, I get it, like, Randy Brown. And, like, they had players, right, Damn, that, that weren't great but who played major roles. Uh, even like Steve Kerr, who won like he was on so many championship teams, is ridiculous. I apologize. There's a point. I'm sorry for doing this. I, y'all, Steven said Wade won a championship without another superstar. <laughs> I'm sorry. What championship are you referring to? Yeah, man. The one the where Shaq Shaquille Fu. O'Neal came to town. Y'all are yeah. y'all are wild, boy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> y'all are wild. Yeah, no, I, I. That's not what I'm saying. And I'd also say this: Wade was great without some of the other players that he, you know, that he needed to win championships. But yeah. he was still great. He was really good. Pippen, He's really Pippen good. wasn't great without Michael. Nah, no, like that's, afterwards, that's Cap James. That's Cap. You think Scottie Pippen, Pippen was great without Michael? Scotty Pippen yeah. went and in the Portland? year Pippen was gone, he was like the top three player in the world. And he was a bad Hubert Davis call away oh. from beating a team oh. that went to the NBA Finals in, in a seven-game series. Scottie Pippen he, was extraordinary the year Michael Jordan was gone. And then, but what about all the other the, years when after you, he left Jordan? Yeah, you mean when he went, when he went, he went to the Western Conference Finals and was it was twelve he, minutes away from going to the NBA Finals that year? He, he was he was really good. He was not great. He didn't live oh, up man. to the the hype uh, or the contract. So I. I I don't know. I, again, I, I really like Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen's a really, really good second player, right? Who was on, the best on player a, on that team? Now that I think about it, the, that the Portland? Portland was it Rasheed? It's probably Rasheed, huh? Yeah, they probably yeah. had a lot of talent. Yeah, Rasheed, Steve the... Smith, I think Sabonis, uh, Scotty. I think who, who, who was the one that you team. just said? Uh, Sabonis. Oh. <laughs> The other Sabonis. I was like, bro, who? I'm, I'm thinking, who is he trying to say? Sam, the white guy on the bench. <laughs> like, what is Kenny trying to say here? I'm trying to save him. Oh, yeah. That's Sabonis. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I Like, in, in his last, like, five, six years, Scotty capped out at, when he left the Bulls. Um, he capped out at 14 and a half points a game. Um, like, was he still a really good functional player? Yeah, he was. He was still a good defender and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I'm just saying, like, he he's a player that had the benefit of the doubt, uh, the benefit of playing with a great player. And, you know. Dennis Rodman like, once averaged 18.7 rebounds in a, a season. <laughs> yeah, but insane. what did he average point-wise? Like six? Uh, nine. Yeah. Nine, seven, four, seven, five, five. Yeah. five. But, but every, every year... From his fourth year on, fifth year on, 
he averaged double-digit rebounds, and some of these numbers are absurd, like 18 twice, absurd. 17, yeah. 16, 14, 16, 15. Last year in the league, 38 years old, averaged 14 rebounds per game. Jeez, goodness gracious. I remember watching him in an all-star game when he was with the Pistons, and he went up to block a shot, and like his arm was almost at the the top of the, I mean, his hand was at like almost at the top of the backboard and put one about like 30 rows deep. Like just having a good time, like springs in his legs. What he could do at like six foot seven, absolutely amazing. I I absolutely loved Rodman, loved him. Yeah. Me and James see virtually everything in life very very differently, <laughs> just so so differently. Um, That's I, fun. I think LeBron James is the greatest player we've ever seen. I'm uh, still torn. I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's funny. You've changed your mind so many times. I know. Times, I don't know. I'm and, still and, torn. And, 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 I'll, uh, and I'll, I'll repeat this for people who are just tuning in. You don't have to have an answer today. You don't have to have an answer ever. No. I it's need to have an answer for the trade deadline. <laughs> by, by noon tomorrow, I need to have an answer. <laughs> Speaking of the trade deadline, James, the Sacramento Kings made their first of many monster deals. <laughs> <laughs> Heading into uh, tomorrow, I believe it's at noon, is the trade deadline. Uh, Kessler Edwards, Kessler Donovan Edwards, uh, who's actually in Houston uh, with the team right now. Uh, tell us a little bit about this deal, uh, why it got done, how it got done, and what it may or may not mean. Yeah, this is an interesting trade. Um, I, well, I mean, look, this is why they cleared out a roster spot. So they could actually do deals like this where – you took back a bunch of cash. Uh, you took back a player that you can kick the tires on, but whether we don't know whether he'll be on the roster um, by the end of the week or not. Like, there's no way to like predict whether he'll be on the roster. Um, you know, he's twenty, what, twenty-two years old. Uh, he becomes a second. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, the second youngest player on the team um, outside of Keegan Murray, and I think he's ten days older than Keegan. Uh, but you know, six foot eight, six foot 11 wingspan, uh, more of a three has barely played at all this season. And, uh, Brooklyn had this situation where before the, the Kyrie trade, they were 180, they were at 185 million as far as a cap. Um, they dropped to like 180 million with that trade, but that still puts them like roughly 30 million over the luxury tax. So by trading Kessler, uh, Kessler Edwards, uh, they they saved themselves about eight million bucks in salary cap and in luxury tax, and that's what it was for for Brooklyn. Whether he can play or not, uh, we have no idea. I mean, he's a Pepperdine kid, so he didn't play at a major major huge university. Wow, um, shots at Doug Christie. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I reached out to Doug. Doug likes him. Uh, doesn't really know him. They're waiting to see him kind of get him in. And see what he looks like when he's in your gym and, you know, physically, like how he kind of matches up. Um, but this is kind of like the equivalent of like Casey Akpala. Uh, I, I don't think it's mm. a, a game changer by any stretch of the imagination. It gives him more depth. But even saying that, um, like this team shouldn't be done. Like we're watching a Western Conference arms race. And if your big move is to go out and, and add Kessler walk, uh, Kessler Edwards, who probably won't even play uh, for you really this season, is more of an add for the G League than he is um, for the parent club, um, then I don't think you had a good uh, trade deadline. Uh, there's some discussion in the, in the chatty house about the trade exception. I thought they used it in this deal. Did 
they not use the trade exception? Trade exception? Um, they had a one point six three million dollar trade exception from uh, the Marvin Bagley trade as well. So uh, that's gotcha. what they used. Gotcha. So okay, when you okay. do these deals, so they have um, two. They have two of them. Yeah, oh yeah, they have two. They have that, and they have a four million. It's like four point oh two. Didn't that expire? Did that expire yesterday? It expires today. It. Oh. Uh, yep. It's it's February eighth. So oh, um, yeah, it's one. A year yeah. from the a deal. From the yeah. Deal. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a year from the deal. So yeah, it expires today, and you know whether they use that or not, uh, you know we don't know at this point. But they don't have a roster spot. I also point out that. Like Kessler, Kessler Edwards might not be the guy that they waive if they do need to open up another roster spot. Like they have other players that they can waive. What they're on guaranteed contracts, but they have a bunch of guys who are on like league minimum deals, whether it's Della Vadova or or KZ or Chimezi Metu, any of those guys. Um, so if they need to clear roster spots, they can without any problem. Uh, but this one here was more of a, you know, and, and I don't fault a team for doing a cash grab. It's literally the reason why you open up that roster spot was to be able to do something like this where you're able to get a little bit of asset. And they sent out a player that, to be honest with you, I didn't even know they had. I had gone through and looked and seen who they had, like the draft rights to, and they have like uh, Luka Mitrovic that uh, Vlade chose with the, like, the last pick in the 2019 draft um, or, or 20. I'm not sure. Whichever, the Kyle Guy, Justin James draft. Um, so I thought that they would deal one of those, but... Uh, apparently they picked up this other guy in the Marvin Bagley trade last year as far as the rights. And so the reason why he was sent out is you're not allowed to trade, take on something for nothing in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So either you have to send out a future protected pick or you have to send out the draft rights to some rando who's playing in France and is you know 28 years old and has never played in, in the NBA. So that's why they added him in. I'm so happy you said that. I was never going to admit this on the show. I had no clue who that person was. Y'all didn't know? No. (laughs) Only basketball minds like Kenny Carraway. I was like, I do not know who this person is. But I'm never going to admit it. But since James admitted it first, I'll just acknowledge I didn't know what that was. He's a second-round pick in, like, 2016. Yeah, and he's switched hands a few times since then. So when you you talk about, like, a— switched jobs since then. I can't remember (laughs) that. (laughs) But— When you talk about like uh, you know going for you know money grab or cash considerations and stuff like that, I just want to I want to make sure I know that's money that goes towards the cap, right? Like, is no. that money for the or, is it money for the organization? No, it's like a golf check. They just like walk out with a big bag of cash. So you know, and, and again, I don't fault I don't fault them for like if they need more cash to go do another deal. Um, yeah, when they take on that deal, it used to be like, this is crazy. This is just so you know, this is like going back to Maloof days, the Maloofs would trade players and take back cash, but they would require that the other team actually pay the salary, the entire year salary of the player they were sending out before they got to Sacramento. And then on top of that spend cash, right? The NBA killed that loophole because like, again, the Maloofs ran a $58 million payroll, but of that fifty-eight million, they probably got two or three million back to save somebody else uh, cap space, and then on top of that, someone else paid salaries for some of the players. Mm-hmm. So they could even set up like when you traded Francisco Garcia to the Houston Rockets, where the players you got back their salaries were already paid for, and then 
Francisco, you didn't pay his salary. He went there and they've covered his salary as well. And then on top of that, they got money back. And, and so like that used to be a loophole for the Kings to make like a bunch of money. In this situation, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like uh, a team was saving $8 million in luxury tax. They covered his salary and probably a million or two more. Uh, there's a cap on how much money you can take back now. And I think it's 3 million bucks. And that goes for all of your deals. Three million is a cap, and uh, which we ran into with the Papianis deal, where Brandon Williams tried to sneak Papianis into um, one of those weird trades at the last second, and the Jazz and the Cavs. So that's what uh, the George Hill deal. They tried to dump Papianis in that, and the other teams were like, "Look, man, we're not taking Papianis onto our our roster." and then waving him because you owe him money next year. So instead, the Cavs and the the Jazz combined to give the Kings enough salary to cover Papianis' deal for the next year, and then they waived him. Hey. Sorry. Ask, <laughs> ask Cameron your, your question about the three-team deal. Oh, okay. So, you know, there's a the three-team deal going on in the NBA. Potentially, that would have Russell Westbrook going to Utah. All a bunch of other components, but I really wanted to focus on this aspect of it. Russell Westbrook going to Utah, probably going to be bought out. And I'm just asking the question because everybody's no. saying backup, <laughs> backup point guard is such a problem. You shut your mouth, Kenny. You shut it. <laughs> you shut your mouth, Kenny. I'm just asking because I think the backup point guard is not a problem. But a lot of people don't like the fact that Davion just plays defense and doesn't score enough. So you have an opportunity to go get a backup point guard that scores pretty much exclusively. Russell Westbrook to Sacramento, your thoughts? No. No. <laughs> you know, like there's there's a reason to. Um, there are players out there that, like, they don't want to admit when they've lost part of their fastball, right? And... Russ still thinks he can put up all the stats and he can still put up all the stats, but what he can't do is put up all the stats and win. And that's, it's really tough because, you know, you look at his shooting percentages and everything else and you're like, Hey, they're not that bad. You watch him play one time and you're just like flabbergasted. Like there, there are so many times where it just, it's, it's crazy. It's you're watching things that you never thought you watch on a basketball court while someone's getting stats so the reason why I say no is because you bring him in and he says, yes, I, I just want to be here. I just want to win. Uh, I'm only here to focus on that. I don't care what my role is. Behind the scenes on day two, he's asking for 35 minutes. And it, it's just he's not ready to – he's not at the point in his career where he has accepted who he is and what's left of his game, uh, if that makes sense. So, like, I think one of the best – like it's horrible what happened to Carmelo, right? Carmelo should not have been out of the league for as long as he was. But when he came back to the league, Carmelo knew exactly what it was that was going to keep him in the league any any longer. And that was be a bench scorer, be a, you know, like a exciting player off the bench, play your role, and that's it. He he wasn't sitting there pining to start or or to play thirty plus minutes. And I, I just don't think Russ is to that point yet in his career. I'm just asking the question. I wouldn't do it, 
because I like the backup point guard the Kings have. I don't think that's a hole in the roster. But all week, people have been talking about how, yeah, it's a big hole. Well, you can get Russell Westbrook and get the scoring that you're looking for. James answered exactly as I predicted he would. <laughs> uh, the only thing you didn't do was I, I, I thought you would personally destroy him a little bit more than you actually did. Uh, so that that went about as well as I was expected when 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 Casey first brought that up, and we had the idea like, hey, why don't you ask James that and see how it goes? The fact that you didn't like, even let him get the question out. Yeah, is, that's about that's, 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 that's and and that's what we thought. That's exactly yeah. Just pull the e break. Just yeah, like that's that's, that's exactly what we exactly what we expected. Uh, yeah, I I don't think that's going to happen. If if he does, if this three team deal and it, 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 who knows, but if this three team deal does go through, uh, and Westbrook winds up in Utah, winds up getting bought out. Um, you brought Miami to my attention. I think that's a great look. But ultimately, I think he plays in the same exact arena and he can go play for the Los Angeles Clippers and be a huge mm-hmm. help uh, for a team that is surging right now, winning eight of their last ten. Uh, James, we'll talk about the Western Conference with you uh, when we return. Uh, what the next. 21 hours might look like and of course the kings and the rockets tonight we'll do all that when we return with our 1320 kings insider and creator of the kings beat james ham here along with dilo and casey on sacramento sports leader espn 1320 you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and Casey continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. Right there while I was on my phone. Forgot to tell James we're back. <laughs> James, we're back. We're back. No, it's live, pal. Uh, hey, I got a, I got a, sweet. I got a, uh, a question for him because um, we talked about a little bit before the break about the Tyrese Halliburton trade ex- exception that uh, expires today. He explained it a little more in depth over um, during the break on the stream. But I'll ask you this, Sam, because there's a lot of people saying it in the in the chat. Would you consider it? a failure if they didn't use this trade exception like do they have to like use this at all costs no no and i say no because they have they have other players that are around that salary range that they're trying to shop as well so like the problem with the exceptions is you can't like take a four million dollar exception and a four million dollar player and trade for an eight million dollar player that's not the way it works 
Now, there is ways to trade an exception in a multiplayer deal, but again, it becomes really complex. Um, you know, and for me to break that down, I'd need like a, a whiteboard and like sit here and show you the, like the finer nuances of it. But uh, exceptions, they're they're really like a coupon, and like the only, you have one year to use the coupon, and it's what's what's ever left over from what's called in the NBA a non simultaneous trade. So you can do trades that literally last a year and have moving pieces that last a year. And so one trade, like, and if you looked at the trade that they got the Marvin Bagley trade exception from, like that is one of the more complex trades, like how they pulled that off while making the Sabonis trade is wild. Like there are, there are four teams, there are players going all over the place. Marvin goes to, uh, Detroit, uh, you know, the Kings get Trey Lyles from Detroit, but they got um, Dante DiVincenzo from from the Bucks. Uh, Serge Ibaka goes from the Clippers to the Bucks. Like, it's super complex. And that's just, like, the basic players. Then when we look into the trade itself, how, how complex it was outside of just the, you know, four teams moving players around to match salaries, to get, like, the trade exceptions that happen, all that stuff, it's really, really difficult to like map out without having like a giant spreadsheet and show you how all of these pieces move together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, the Kings have that deal. I would say this when the Kings traded Isaiah Thomas, uh, who basically they did a sign and trade with Isaiah Thomas to the Phoenix suns and they got a $7 million trade exception and uh, the draft rights to Alex Oriaki. Uh, which they still own the rights to. They could trade him in one of these other deals going in the next you know, 24 hours. But when they did that deal, the Kings should have used that $7 million trade exception because $7 million at that point, when the salary cap is you know, 70 or 80 million bucks, that was a huge, huge trade exception. A $4 million trade exception when the salary cap is $122 million, it's really nothing. And and it's hard to fit. Only a certain amount of players fit into that. Um, again, the the Kessler Edwards could have fit into that exception as well, uh, but they didn't need to use it on that one. So I think we'll see. We'll see what they how they they structured that deal. We still don't even know all the specifics, hmm. um, but they they likely used the Marvin Bagley exception. How much money does James Wiseman make? Hmm. Um, Nine million. Wow. Well, um, well. Doesn't yeah, you fit. Can't. You must have quit. <laughs> Doesn't fit. Hammer, we don't think anything's going to happen in the next twenty-one hours. Do 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 you? Jay, get, get, Kenny and I were talking about this earlier. It just, I don't know how much is going to happen across the league. I, I and, and clearly, I don't believe a bigger deal is going to be made than the one that we already saw involving the Dallas Mavericks and the Brooklyn Nets. But I don't know. I don't even know if this three-team deal that they've been talking about is going to happen with the Lakers, T Wolves, and Jazz. Maybe it does, but. As far as the Kings, James, I, 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 I don't think much is going to happen. I think it depends on what you look at as much. You know, I do think that they will make a move or two between now and tomorrow at noon. Um, whether that, that deal is something that really moves a needle for anyone, um, you know, that's yet to be established. We need to see what it looks like before we, we actually, you know, like go at them for not doing anything at this point. But when you look around the league and the Dallas Mavericks are right behind you in the standings, a game or two back, 
and they go out and they get Kyrie Irving. And then you're looking at the Los Angeles Lakers who are just doing everything in their power to climb back into the, the playoff picture. And they have a potential to not only already add Rui Hachimura, but go get Jared Vanderbilt, go get um, D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. go get Malik Beasley. Like, th- literally between those two trades, they just swapped out for their top eight and got better, way better, way, way, way better than they were before. And if you're the Kings and you're looking at that, you got to start thinking like, hey, look, this is an arms race and we need to get involved and we don't need to be stupid and we don't need to swing for the fences, but our players have done enough to earn upgrades. And that's how I look at it. Like some people think, oh, well, that's that's such a bummer. Player X got cut or player X got traded to you know a bad situation and he might get waived there or whatever. You can think of it that way, uh, but I always look at it the other way, that the top seven guys, maybe eight guys on this roster, have done a really, really exceptional job this season. They need help, and you know what help they need, and I, I keep equating it to baseball, but really it's like, go go get me a, a back end of the order bat, go get me a couple of setup guys, go get me a fifth starter. It doesn't have to be an ace. It doesn't have to be a three-hole hitter but go get something that actually helps these guys and fills the voids that everyone in the world can see is wrong with this team. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't see what's wrong with this team, the the areas that need improvement, then you're just not watching closely enough and they they need help. They need backup center help. They need more length at the three and the four. They need a rim protector. They need three and D players. They need better defensive players overall. And lastly, they need more talent. Like that's like they got to a certain point with talent. They need more. Like you go up against the Boston Celtics and you instantly see the talent difference between the two teams. There's there's a few ways that you can do that in one huge fail swoop, but it's really hard to break everything up. Just improving the seven, eight, nine, ten guy on the roster, that will help the talent base of this team. So let me let me ask you this, and and I I don't disagree with, with some of the holes you're talking about, but say they don't make a move. Are they not – like when, when people say that, I feel like um, they feel like this team isn't really a seven games over 500 team. They're playing above their their head right now. You feel that way about the, about the Kings? No. Okay, so like I, I would make the distinction that I think some people might get confused by. I think the Kings are probably, like, the way they've played, they're legitimate seven games over 500 team. Maybe even eight after tonight. We'll see. But I, I think that that's who they are. Mm. But there's a big difference between a seven or eight game over 500 team and a third seed. Mm-hmm. Because that's where I, I start getting to, like, historically speaking, third seeds never win 46 or 47 games. That's... Like, again, sometimes the eighth seed wins 46, 47, 48 games. So this year is just off. The numbers are off. The win totals are off. Like, I think the Kings are a seven-game over 500 team, but I don't think that they're a third seed. And, like, and that's just because, like, again, in any other year, they wouldn't be. And they have to be cognizant of that. If if they're a team that's more of they more of an eight win eight games over 500 team there's nothing wrong with that but eight wins over 500 is like 
44 or 45, 45. And like, that's like a 45 win team, 46 win team, right? If they're a 600 win percentage team, well, that's a, that's more wins. And to me, they're right now, they're a games over 500 team, not a win percentage that will hold up through an 82 game season team. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. To be a a third, to be a three seed. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm just being realistic. Like, like fans should, like, you should be excited about your team. And there's a possibility that this season just works out where somehow the the third seed is 47 wins. But it, it really hasn't happened, like, at all. That's just not the way either conference goes. That's, you know, a third seed needs to be at 53 54 wins typically. No, you're right. And, you're right. And that's where the Kings need to take a a giant step up in the standings and again, you get done with this seven game road trip, the schedule gets tougher down the stretch. It does. Typically, that's on the court. Yeah, there that's it is. The- <laughs> we did James Ham Bingo's on point today. We knew oh, you were going to br- stretch. We knew you were going to bring up the schedule. We knew you were going to bring up the schedule and how it gets tougher. <laughs> And we knew you were going to shoot down Russell Westbrook too. <laughs> Ham, Ham is. Correct. I'm here for it. Ham, Ham is correct though with the three C thing, and you know he's spot on. That's usually like yeah, a, I was anxious like to prove 12, him wrong, 15 but I, I couldn't games find over 500 or something yeah. like that. You, but but like six that's seven, that's usually usually there's a drop off between three and four. Mm-hmm. And it, it I've, I've looked in a couple of different years. It's usually like from four to seven is mm-hmm. like seven or eight games over 500 and didn't the you know, suns win 48 games one year and they were the ninth seed and didn't make the playoffs i think i, I remember under that Jeff was yeah that yeah. was uh I, th- I feel like that was a while ago i don't yeah. think that was necessarily recently i think it was probably 10 plus years ago one of the one point. of the things with that though too um when those things happen that was with a completely imbalanced league talent wise right like Western Conference teams were feasting on Eastern Conference teams because the East was so bad. So that helped add to the to the win total, right? You know, because one conference was so much inferior than the other. Now they're a little more balanced out. Some would even say the East might be a little little better. Mm-hmm. So um, typically, like like Ham said, you get a three seed is it's not seven games over five hundred. Yeah, that was a two thousand thirteen fourteen season. Yeah, the, 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 I mean it was forty eight games. They didn't make it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I, I know a team, like the other day, uh, like a couple of, two years ago, won 47 games and was, was the third seed. But again, that was in a, that was in a 72-game season, mm-hmm. not an 82-game season. Mm-hmm. And if you're winning that many games, your win percentage is probably like 620, so you would have won an additional six games and again, 53 wins. Is the is your is the overall concern here, Hammer? I know, I know you, you you were talking about adding more talent and what the the top eight guys have earned, but as part of the concern headed into to, to, to tomorrow's trade deadline, the if if you don't make a deal, if you don't add to the depth of that roster, the amount of strain you're putting on those top eight guys for the remainder remaining at at at, at tomorrow's point, it'll be twenty eight games left in the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, how I look at it is, like, Mike Brown has done his best to, like, like whittle a couple of square pegs and try to jam them through square uh, round holes, right? 
And if you give them a little bit more time, that that might be something that someone is thinking, if we just give him a little bit more time, maybe he can convert this player. Maybe he can keep growing this player. That usually doesn't happen. It, it just, like, we've got to a point where players for this season are who they are. Now, if they go into the offseason and they have more, you know, time to adjust and grow and, you know, really attack certain portions of their game, that's one thing. But, like, this roster is who they are for the rest of the season as of right now, unless you make changes. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, is it good enough? And you have to wonder. I mean, and it comes down to situations like when Fox misses two games and you just don't look like yourself at all. Or when Sabonis picks up early fouls and your your offense can't function. Like, there are ways to address these situations. And I'm not saying, like, trade Davion, but what I am saying is that, like, if you could get a different another option as a shooting guard or as a small forward that could play alongside Malik Monk and allow Malik Monk to play more point guard during stretches and have someone else defensively alongside him, that could give you a different look than what you have right now. Mm-hmm. And I, like Keon Ellis might be able to be that player in two years or or a year, but Matisse Thybulle might be that player right now where you could throw him out there and say, okay, look, we need you to have Malik Monk's back and we need you to run an off-ball shooting guard or a three and we're going to play Monk a lot more minutes at the one. And to me, those are things that actually make sense for this team. And whether or not you can go get those players or the same thing, like it's why I bring up Mason Plumlee all the time. It's not that I think Mason Plumlee is a genius of a player and someone even brought up in the comment section on the King's Speed podcast, hey, I think I like Yaka Pertle better. Like Yaka Pertle, yes, he's a better player and he will be better three years from now and he's 25 and and he's got room to grow and get better. The Kings don't need a 30-something minute a game center. They need someone who understands their role, can step in and be a really good player for you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's what a guy like Mason Plumley can be. He's never going to be Pertle, but Pertle also can't really at this point fill that role Plus, he's going to cost you two or three first-round picks, and he wants $20 million in the offseason, hmm. where you can go get a guy like Mason Plumley for expiring contracts and a second-round pick, most likely, and really bolster the depth of your team with a player who understands the, the offense, who played for Jay Triano last year in the same exact offense, playing the center position. Uh, so like, that's why I look at guys like that and I circle them. I'm going to go, okay, look, if you could get this player, he could really impact your bottom line this year. He's not going to be the difference between you winning, you know, 46, 47 and 58 wins because there's not enough time for that. Mm-hmm. But what he could be is a guy who makes a huge difference in like two or three games in your win total. But on top of that, if you have a major injury, your season isn't over. Because as of right now, if they have a major injury with uh, with Demonis Sabonis, their season is over. And there isn't a plan B at this point outside of hope that Rashawn Holmes can figure out how to play with the offense long enough for you not to completely fall out of the playoffs. Mm. And so those are where like, I look at opportunities for this team to improve without swinging for the fences and going get it and getting OG Ananobi and giving up two or three first round picks. And in addition to that, calling Atlanta and just taking off pick and control over, you know, the herder trade pick and like really just throwing all caution to the wind here. Like there are ways to improve this team by enough that will change how strong of a three seed or how strong of a four seed you are. 
Hey, Ham, uh, as far as the, well, the game on Wednesday and the game, or excuse me, the game on Monday and the game tonight on Wednesday, <clears throat> what did you think uh, of the Kings' win on Monday against the Rockets? And what do you see for them tonight, man? Is it more of the same here tonight? Or, you know, me, I think me King and Damian. Murray's hit nine threes tonight. There you go. Nine threes tonight. Nine. Me, me, me and Damian feel like they should win tonight. But we also got our antennas up to see how the Rockets respond to Steven Silas and what he said after the, the post game. They may came out, come out with a little more juice. What you thinking about tonight? Yeah, I mean, that would be my concern is that Steven Silas – like had enough and I don't know why he hadn't had enough like 25 games ago um, because I, I know a lot of people around the league just feel bad for him because he's in that situation supposed to do yeah yeah so when you're able to show people stuff on film and say what were you doing tell me you go ahead and tell me what you were doing on this play and when they don't have an answer and you just roast them and just like throw flames um, like look that's a a young team. They're going to make a ton of mistakes. The Kings turn up the defensive pressure. They make the mistakes. The, team, the Kings take advantage. That's what a, a more veteran, like solid team does. Whether they can do it twice in a row or for the fourth time this season, yeah, they probably can. Uh, but if I'm Steven Silas and I want to prove a point and I want to say, like, this is why we won't lose tonight, then he has to do something crazy outlandish like play Eric Gordon 35 minutes, mm. uh, play K.J. Martin, who the Kings don't have an answer for. They don't have an answer for either one of those two. So <laughs> if Steven Silas actually wants to practice what he preaches, which is play hard the whole time, he needs to coach hard the whole time, and he needs to play players that actually give you a chance to win, and that's where he's in a dilemma. Is it about wins or is it about like growing or what is it about this season for the Rockets? And, and it's not about wins. So I don't think he will play the players that will help him win. And we'll just have to see how it goes. I mean, the Kings are a more talented team from top to bottom. They're a more experienced team. They should beat them. I think the Kings got some responding to do too. Uh, I don't think yeah. Mike called them out publicly, but uh, privately I'm very confident Mike mentioned, hey, you gave up 70 points in the second half to a 13-win team. Let's not do that tonight. And not only did you give up 70 points in the second half, and there's a little bit of a flow to the game that kind of goes with that, but not only did you give up 70 points in, in, in the second half, you only gave up like 48, 50 or something like that in the first. Mm-hmm. So you, you, get, you, really, you, you really let your, your, your foot off the defensive gas here, uh, and Mike's got to bring that in. in, in I, th- I think – Mike is going to put that intensity back in them on the defensive end. Yeah, and I think De'Aaron Fox is ready to have a, a really solid game. Yeah. You know, he he's from Houston. It'll be, like, broadcast to all of his friends and family. Uh, so yeah, I expect him to have a, a really nice night tonight. And, you know, he's, he's a new father. He's probably exhausted. He's been, you know, at the hospital or, or at a parent's house out there in Houston, like, watching over a newborn every day and that's nerve wracking. So I I expect him to come out and play a little bit (laughs) with a little bit more energy. Yeah. You feel that, don't you? That first month is crazy. I can't even imagine. Like I would be looking at these, I'm responsible for you. Like, I I don't think I could do this. Um, Yeah. That's just why I don't have kids. I'm just like, I'm responsible for everything that happens to you. (laughs) If, if, if uh, Monday's game was at home, would you have called De'Aaron Fox daddy? <laughs> no. 
Okay, thank you. I just, I just wanted to make sure uh, Jordy make that mistake, and I don't think Jordy's going to make that mistake again because uh, apparently that locker room is mature is as mature as the Chatty House. And we are two hosts and the producer. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. We we had a good laugh out of that Jordy video. Hey James, another thing I want to ask you on Friday: Can you ask Jason Kidd who we voted for? We're all starting. No, don't do that. that no, I'm do not, it. I'm not we're, winning we're, that position. We're, we're, we're going to figure out who voted for, for Jaron Jackson Jr. and all of these all-stars. <laughs> hey, submit your list to us, kid. Let's see who, who, who did you have. Wouldn't that be interesting? Oh, it would be love fascinating. Every coach that comes through here, I need you to answer that question. It would be And if you voted for Jaron, you're entitled to your opinion. I need you to explain why you think he should have made it over to Aaron Fox. 3.7 yeah. million people tuned in at 11.45 Eastern last night to watch mm. LeBron James set the all-time record. James wasn't one of them. <laughs> James we, said not interested. If you're listening on ESPN 1320 or the Odyssey app and you want more coverage to get ready for the Sacramento Kings and the Houston Rockets tonight, don't go anywhere. We're going to run it back next here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Go Kings! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.